0: Good morning, good to see all these smiling faces looking back at me this morning, glad to have y'all with us, um, we started doing our um, announcements on video, so um, the cards and things that are handed to me in the morning um, don't get on the video of course, so um, I'll still try to do these as we go along and as we receive them, um, this one here, uh, it says dear ladies, I would like to thank you for the shawl that was given to me by Mary McGrew the day our mother passed away. I read uh, the tag and found that this is part of the ladies' ministry at your church. I want to express my gratitude to all of you for such a sweet gesture of love on your part. Mary was so sincere when she gave it to me. Thank you again to all of you. And that comes from Miss Joanne Townsend. Um, and her mother's name was Elizabeth Gully. Is that right? Um, so another, another positive feedback, another um, inspiring display from that ministry that's such a simple ministry and, and uh, something that just we just continue to, to get thank yous over is this uh, prayer shawl ministry. So to those of you that have invested in that, those of you that are a part of that, thank you very much, and, and keep up the good work. Yeah, I Amen. Amen. The stories that come from that are just amazing. Um, they, they do not cease to amaze. Um, if you would, turn with me in your Bible to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We'll start reading in verse five. Romans chapter eight, beginning in verse five. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God... For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, Now if anyone does not have the Spirit, I hit a wrong button, but if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you in You. Let's pray. Our most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we do humble ourselves before You. We thank You for this opportunity. We pray, Father, for Your guidance and Your direction this morning. We pray, God, that You would would allow us to see and feel Your presence, that You would allow us, Father, to know and understand your desires, and your wills for our life. I pray, Father, that you hide me behind the cross, that you supply the words that need to be spoken this morning. And I pray, Father, that everyone in attendance receives your word and applies it in a way that causes them to grow closer to that image that you desire for them to be. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Me and technology, we get along great when I'm not in front of people. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Have you ever looked around in the society that we live in today, and go, why, why, I don't, I don't understand, how could people be so evil, how, how could people do such things, how, how in the world did somebody come up with that that was a good idea? Have you ever had that thought process? Have you ever looked at people and just went, I don't get it. I don't understand. How, how, did you, how did you come up with that? You're crazy. Why in the world would you and I be surprised that ungodly people do ungodly things? How could we be Caught off guard by the fact that unchurched people do not display holiness. How could we be surprised that a carnal mind is set on carnal things? I had this revelation in my own life just a few weeks ago. As I sat in amazement listening to a guy talk. And going, whew, you're making my ears bleed, cuz. got to stop. And I walked away from the conversation going, and God said, do you really expect godliness to come out of the ungodly? Do you really expect that those that are living according to the flesh to produce godly fruits? It can't happen. We should not be surprised at the state that our society is in because we've removed the foundation, right? See, there's a problem with removing your foundation. A long time ago, some of you remember this. uh, I barely do. In my early years of school, uh, we did the Pledge of Allegiance and started the morning with prayer. And some of you even remember there was a Bible verse read to start the day, right? And at that time in our history, school was one of the safest places for your child to be, right? You sent your child to school and you went off to work and you didn't think nothing about it, right? There was security in that place. Then somebody decided it would would be a good idea to remove that prayer time and that scripture reading. And what happened? One of the safest places for your child to be became what? <laughs> One of the most dangerous. You see what happened? We removed a standard. Things had a base. There, there was a standard there. There was a foundation there. And the day was started on that foundation and it brought peace and calm in general. Now that's not to say every student did what they were supposed to and didn't nobody get a spanking. That ain't what I'm saying. Now we look around at our society, and people fear school so much they won't even send their kids. It's a better idea to keep them at the house and teach them for some people. Because of the fear, because that foundation was removed. Listen, in so many areas of our society, foundations have been removed. So now there's generations of people coming forward that do not have a foundation. And why are we surprised or how can we be surprised that ungodliness or evil comes out of ungodly people? You can't be. You can't be. The scripture tells us it will be that way. Listen, we talked about this morning in Sunday school from the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon made a statement. And as he looked at this world, This is a long time ago As he looked at this world He said you know There's nothing new that exists All the things that we face today Have already been faced Now in our society It's got a different name Than it did in his society In our time It's got different things attached to it Than it did in his But do you think murder is a new thing? I mean, that's been going on a long, long time. They weren't shooting each other back then. Why? That old, that's the only thing stopping them is it wasn't available. They used what they had like rocks and sticks and plow teeth, <laughs> whatever was available. but there's nothing new under the sun according to Solomon. So why do we look at this world and we're surprised? Look at verse 5, those who live according to the flesh, live, lifestyle, those who have a lifestyle according to the flesh, those who desire things of the flesh, those whose mind is set on the things of the flesh. What do they pursue? What do they dwell on? things of the flesh over and over every day time after time they get wrapped up in this world they get wrapped up this flesh is evil this flesh is actually an enemy of God an enemy of God so how can we expect ungodly people to produce godliness it's not going to happen it can't happen keep going in verse 5 Hang on, stop there. Go to Philippians first. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. They are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. They are their own God. They are their own God because of selfishness and self-reliance and a desire to be self-seeking. Everything that comes from them is about self. Even the good deeds that they try to do is to boost self. Because godliness cannot come from ungodly people. It can't happen. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. Who set their mind on earthly things. That sounds like a description of the society that we live in, according to me. That's what it sounds like to me. That's what it looks like to me, is is that description. A group of people who are solely concerned about self and self's desires, with nobody else in mind. If it hurts you for me to achieve what i got to have, I hate it, but I'm going to do it anyway. If it hurts you or if it it pushes you down in order for me to move forward, I hate it, but I'm doing it anyway. You know why? Because self, because me is at the center. You know, there's a religion based on this. It's called egoism. A religion. Where I am my God. Imagine that. I'm the best I have to offer. I laugh at that too. It's a sad day when the best power I have is me. But we live in a society that with their mindset, that's where they are. And although they may not write under religion on their forms and applications, egoism, that's where they are. It's all about self and it's all about what I desire and what I want. And that's exactly opposite of the gospel. Exactly opposite. In the gospel, self dies. Old things are done away with. All things are made new, right? It's the opposite. So why do we look outside the walls of the church? Why do we look outside the bounds of the church? Why do we look into an ungodly world and expect to see godliness? Why would we do that? Surely we wouldn't expect that. Also in verse 5. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now there's a drastic contradiction here, right? From 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 living in the flesh to living in the Spirit. So if flesh is all about self and self-righteousness and self-serving, what is living in the Spirit going to look like? What's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is living for others. The opposite of that is living for Christ. The opposite of that is putting self to death and allowing Christ to come out in my life. To walk in the Spirit, to be guided and to be desiring of spiritual things. To have the Spirit to motivate me and drive me and not self and not the things of this world. It's the complete opposite. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. To be carnally minded is death. The person with the mind set on the flesh is spiritually dead. Hear that? The person with their mind set on the flesh is spiritually dead. 1 Corinthians 2.14 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. So why are we shocked? Why would we be surprised that an ungodly society produces evil? The foundation has been removed. There's nothing there that holds them. There's nothing there that sustains spiritual life for them. They cannot receive the things of God. An ungodly person cannot understand godliness. Because they are spiritually dead, and it's all fed to us, how? By the Spirit. Right? So it all makes sense. So don't be taken aback. Don't be surprised by it. Back to Romans. To be carnally minded is death. A person that is set on the things of the flesh is spiritually dead. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So that says, if I walk around seeking the things of the Spirit, I never have to worry about anything but peace, right? All my world is just going to be peaceful, and it's roses and lilies, and nothing ever goes wrong in my world. That's not true. Not at all. Not even close. Not, Not even remotely is that true. Do you understand that a person who has not been reconciled to God through Christ, is at war with God. So this peace signifies that the war between me and God is over through my relationship with Christ. That's that peace. Not that everything's going to go smoothly, but I'm not at war with God. In other words, me and him's on on the same side. He's fighting for me. He's fighting with me, not against me. Go to uh, Romans 5:10. Romans chapter 5 verse 10. For if when we were enemies, for if when we were enemies, At one point, we were enemies with God, right? Because we were in the flesh. We didn't understand spiritual things. We didn't have that spiritual life in us. So we were enemies with God. We were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. So as a believer in Christ, as a follower of Christ, as a Christian... My war with God is over. I, I'm, not a, I'm not an enemy of God anymore. In order to be reconciled, there had to be a difference, right? In order to be brought in, it had to be separation, right? So I'm no longer an enemy of God because of His Son Jesus, not because of me. Um, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. So here's what we've established this morning. You can't get godly out of the ungodly, right? People who are pursuing the flesh, living in the flesh, walking in the flesh, are spiritually dead and are enemies of God. Then on the other side, you have people that are walking in the Spirit, desiring the things of the Spirit, and are at peace with God, right? So we can't get godly out of the ungodly. We've established that. There's no source for it there, right? There's no source for godliness in an ungodly person because spiritually, they're dead. So do you think God is surprised when he looks down and sees ungodly people doing evil things? No. Do you think God is surprised when he looks down and he sees ungodly people doing ungodly things, evil things, murderous things? Do you think he's surprised that they're self-serving, that they're selfish? Do you think he's surprised that they can't get along with one another and they display no love for one another? But the other side of this is people who are spiritually at peace with God, no longer at war with God. So would you say he would be surprised to look down and see people as Christians that can't get along? Would you say he'd be more disappointed in Christians that are doing evil can you say that he would be more disappointed in people that claim godliness but live out evil? Absolutely. Yes, no doubt about it. No, no doubt about it. So we should not be surprised to look out into an ungodly world and see evil. But we should be surprised to look into the homes of a Christian, of a follower, of a believer of Christ, a person who's supposed to be spiritually minded and see the same evils. We should be surprised to sit beside a person or conversate with a person that claims the name of Christ and every word they know is four letters and not appropriate to be said in front of your mama. We should be surprised that a person that claims to be spiritually minded, a person that claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ, that don't know how to forgive somebody, that don't know how to love somebody, that don't know how to share mercy and grace. Right? See, the surprise shouldn't be how the ungodly live. They don't have any source of it. The surprise should be is how the ones that claim to be godly live. Because they have a source for better. They have a source for godly things. The only way to get electricity out of that socket is to plug into it. The only way to experience the fruits of the Spirit is to plug into it. And don't go running over there and plug into it with your fingers. Because you'll get that electricity. And it ain't, you ain't built for that. You ain't made for that. That's not for you. Go back to Romans 8. Verse 7. Mm, I missed. No, I didn't. I did that. Carnal mind. Verse 7. The carnal mind. Because the carnal mind is amenity against God, or an enemy of God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Do you realize that any law is only as strong as the person trying to keep it? Right? In other words, although we have police officers and they do a fine job and they do their best, to enforce these laws, these laws, we outnumber them. In in large numbers, we outnumber them. So if we as a society decide that we don't want to follow laws, guess what? There's no law. That law's only as strong as the, it's like saying that a lock is to keep the honest man out. Y'all have heard that, right? Y'all have said that. The lock's just to keep the honest man out. That's because that lock's only as strong as the person it's trying to keep out. If that person has a more a desire to get into where that lock is, guess what? He's going to get in. That lock's not going to stop him. So the law is only as strong as the flesh of the person who's trying to abide by it. That same thing is true with God's law. God's law is only as strong as the person who's trying to live by it, right? Because do not murder is a great law that we all love. I'm proud that it's written. (laughs) But have people broken it? So was the law weak? No, just the person that committed the crime, right? The uh, traffic laws, speeding and all that kind of stuff. How much much authority, how much power does that speed limit sign have? Only as much as you give it, right? It only has as much power as the person trying to keep it. So, the carnal mind is an enemy against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Because they're self-serving, right? They have no desire to keep the law of God, because they have no desire to follow God, to please God. Nor indeed can be. They can't be held by that law because they have no desire to be. See, that law is only as strong as the person trying to keep that law. Whether we're talking about a physical law or a spiritual law. You with me so far? Keep going. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot, cannot, will not please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So why would you be surprised by an ungodly person doing ungodly things? They're only as strong, the law that was written, God's law is only as strong as the person that's trying to keep it. And we already know about this flesh. How weak is this flesh? So a person who's not spiritually minded and been engraved with that poured, had that desire poured in to keep that law is not going to be seen keeping that law. Listen, if laws made people act right, we wouldn't have no troubles. We covered up with laws, right? If, if If the law was as powerful as people think it is in their minds, we already have do not murder. That's been a law for a long time. People still been murdering. We've had the law of don't put any other God before Him. People still do it. If people were capable of following laws, we wouldn't have any problems. There would have been no need for Jesus to die. Right? But we're not capable of following the law. We're not. The law is meant to show us how weak we are. Because I can pick out, Those laws, we can get those Ten Commandments out, we can look at those, and we can take an honest survey. And most people in everybody in here has broken at least two of those, some even more. The law is not, it was meant to, listen, it was being broken while it was being written, right? Moses is up on top receiving the law. Aaron's at the bottom doing what? Building a golden calf. We're breaking them as they're being written. So God knows we're not capable. The law was there to show us how weak we are. It was to show us our need for God. It was to point us back to Him. If the law was going to solve things, there'd be no need for Christ to die. But there was a need because we're not capable. We're not able. Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If you're a follower of Christ, then you no longer are carnally minded. You no longer seek the things of the flesh. Flesh has died. Self has died. All that thing's passed away, and we're supposed to be spiritually minded. All right, if I have the indwelling spirit in me, I'm a believer, a follower, I've accepted Christ as my Lord, Lord, and Savior... And and the promise that comes with that is the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of me. Right? That's a promise that God can't break. So if I'm that person and Amanda's that person, that same spirit that dwells inside of her dwells inside of me, at what point does that spirit disagree with himself? Never. Never. So what happens when we have a disagreement? What does that prove? Because she's filled with the Spirit, I'm filled with the same Spirit, and we disagree, one of us is what? Following the flesh. We've gotten carnally minded. Do y'all see where I'm going? Do you see what I'm pointing at this morning? Do you see the message that God has for us this morning? Can can you see it? Can you see it in the scriptures? Not in me. Not, Not in me and my thoughts because I'm nowhere near smart enough to come up with this stuff. I'm a dummy. Point blank, I'm a dummy. No doubt about it, I ain't got enough sense to come up with this stuff. It all comes straight from scripture and all I've done is read through the scriptures and allow God to speak to me and show me some things because I don't know about you but I live in this crazy world. And I work in this crazy world. And all this craziness is going on all around me day in and day out. The last thing I want to do is go home and put up with craziness. The last thing I want to do is come to church where I'm here to be encouraged and lifted up and put up with craziness. Out of people that's supposed to be different from the rest of the world. Now, I'm, I'm going to end this thing with, with, a, with a different in a different tone because I don't, I don't want you to walk out of here feeling like you've been beat down. You and I, as followers of Christ, have a responsibility because if we look outside here and we see ungodly people doing ungodly things, we shouldn't be surprised, but we should be compassionate because, see, what's missing from our society is godliness. And it's our job as followers of Christ to spread that godliness, to spread that love, to spread that forgiveness, to spread that mercy and that grace. It's our, it's our calling, it's our job. So it's some of the reason, part of the reason that the world lacks it is me and you ain't taking it out there. That's part of it. That's part of it. In the last three weeks, I'll call it, I've had two separate encounters With people that I don't personally know. That just randomly come forward and told me things like this right here. This first lady I encountered and we were just in regular normal conversation. And all of a sudden she said, you know, y'all do a great job. And I just kind of looked at her and thought, who are you talking about? Who are you talking to? A great job at what? And, And she kept talking. And she said, you know, when I come across people that are struggling in their life, I send them to you. I send them to y'all. When, when I come across people that are looking for a place to go to church, I send them to y'all. When I find people that are looking for counseling in their marriage or in their finances or just in their, their daily adult life, I send them to y'all. And I just kind of stood there with my mouth hung open. Going, what do you? What do you? What? She said, "I don't. I don't even tell people anymore to go to my church. I tell them to go to y'all's church. I don't give them my pastor's number no more. I give them your number and Kevin's number. Now that doesn't come from me and Kevin. That comes from a body of believers that actually do know how to go outside of the walls of this church." And live godly lives. Because when you do that, people see that and they desire that. Really deep down inside of each and every person, according to scripture, is a knowledge of God. It's there. They choose to rebuke that knowledge and rebuke that truth. They choose to turn it back over to their debased minds and pursue self. But they know. There's no way you can look at the the things of the... I mean, I couldn't stand here and convince you with this bottle. Let me have a drink. I couldn't stand here and convince you that this this bottle of water, as we know it, started its life in the ground, and the platelets and the plates of the earth and everything crunched and moved and pushed and rocks ground against each other, and one day it shot up out of the ground, In this plastic bottle with this pretty blue label, capped, cleaned, and ready to drink. I couldn't convince you of that. You know somebody made this, right? You are smart enough to know that because I have this bottle in my hand, somebody produced it. I couldn't point you to this building even though you weren't here at the time. I can't point to this and convince you that this building just came up out of the ground. You know there's a builder. Why? You can see the building. Right? And it's obvious to you, and I could not convince you no matter how hard I tried. So how could anybody possibly look at this creation and not know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a creator? And it is that way. Although they claim to reject it and although some of them decide they don't want to admit it and they don't want to accept it as that, they know it's that way. Because although all of them ain't real smart, ain't none of them just plumb stupid. Hard to convince you of that with some of them some days, but that's the truth. So therefore, there's a lot of people out there that are searching and looking. And digging, and I've got an example of one of those people. Out of our Sunday school lesson, most of you will recognize the name, and you won't recognize what's being said. This is a quote from Tom Brady. You know who Tom Brady is? This is when Tom Brady was 27 years old. You'll see that as I read this. Th- this is what he says. This is a quote now. This came out of his mouth. I know, I had that same look on my face when I opened this book and seen it there, Leanne. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I think it's got to be more than this. I mean, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27, and what else is there for me? He knows there's more to it, don't he? He ain't exactly sure what it is yet at this point at age 27. This is probably four years old, this comment, because I think he's just over 30. Maybe he's figured it out. Maybe somebody crossed his path and explained it to him. I don't know but I know that there's a whole society of people with that same mindset out there that are going, there's got to be something more. And I know they exist because that lady told me. Then I had a lady that sent me a message, um, email, I think's what they call that. Laugh, go ahead. From Albuquerque, New Mexico who has some kind of physical ailment that prevents her from going to church. She's not able to get up and go. So she got on her www dot, better known as Al Gore's Internet, and she typed in Baptist Church, and she found us. She found Wales. And she dug around on our website, And she cruised through things and checked things out, according to her message she sent me. And in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is a lady who has chosen this to be her church. Not because she's impressed with me or Kevin as speakers. Because she believes that this body of believers is doing things right just by looking at the website and the pictures like Nathan flashes up here from time to time from things like Creek Day and then the different ministries we've got going on, a person in Albuquerque, New Mexico is so convinced that this church is doing things right that she sent us her tithes. You know? So somebody... Is doing something right. Somebody is making an impression on people in this world. Somebody has figured out that godliness has to come from godly people. And if I claim to be a godly person, that's me. And if I go outside the walls of this church and I display that, people see that, desire that, and they're drawn to it. And y'all have done that. Some of you have done a great job at it. Some of you have done a wonderful job in your workplaces to the point that there's people here because they've seen it in you. So for those of you that haven't figured it out, I wanted to drop just a little encouragement to the backside of this thing this morning so that you understand that the rewards of that is the fact that you get to see the world around you change. Can one person really make that kind of a difference? Absolutely. You can. You really can. One of two things is going to happen everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Work, Walmart, church, school, everywhere you go, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to impact the environment you're in or your environment's going to impact you. One or the other. It's going to happen. So why not take control? (laughs) Why not be the boss? And implant godliness everywhere you go. Throw little seeds of love everywhere you go. Display a little forgiveness everywhere you go. A little mercy and a little grace. And people see that. And they desire that. And then we get to make more and more and more images of the reflection of God's glory that He originally intended for us to be. Amen. Don't be surprised, do not be caught off guard when you leave this place, when you go into your world and you see ungodly people doing evil things. Do not be surprised by that at all. God's not. But if you want to change it and you want to make a difference in it, then you take the godliness that you have inside of you and you spread it abroad. You spread it wherever you go. People see that, desire that, and then we get more of that. That's the only way this thing gets fixed. It, don't matter, it ain't going to matter who the president is when we fix it. It ain't going to matter who's in Congress or senators. It don't matter who the mayor is. It don't matter. The only thing that really matters in this world that we live in is that godliness, godliness be reinstated into our society. That's it. At one time we had that. Go back in the history books and look at it. It's pretty impressive. Especially compared to what we have today. Keep that in mind. Let's pray. Father and our God, we, we come to you just to say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you, Father, for the word that you've left us, Father, your your word. your your Father, I just thank you for your spirit, your guide. And I pray, Father, this morning that your spirit is moving and that we would be a people who are obedient to that spirit, that we would listen to him and that we would react and respond accordingly. Father, again, we thank you for allowing us to be here and just ask you would be with us as we depart from here. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all stand up. We're going to sing and praise and respond accordingly.